Hi guys, welcome back, or if it's your first time here, then thank you for joining us. This is the doula's guide to preparing for your birth with me, Meg, also known as the Dungaree Doula. It's a podcast where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth and parenting with an aim to share unbiased information and a bit of friendly chit chat to ensure that you feel confident and supported for what's to come. If you're new here and you'd like to know more about me, then you can check out episode one of the podcast for a little bit about me and then a big chat on hypnobirthing and the following episodes for some great birth and parenting preparation. Before we get into today's episode of the podcast, I wanted to remind you that I now have a pre-recorded online birth preparation course, which is incredible, if I do say so myself. And to celebrate the launch of season two of the podcast and the launch of that course, you can get 20% off using the code podcast. It's, as I said, a pre-recorded birth preparation course. It covers a full antenatal education, everything you would need to know to prepare for your birth. It's made up of 30 different modules. Each module has a video in it explaining the concept, then some written information. Some modules have audio content. Some of them have PDF downloads. There's all sorts of things involved. And as I said, you can get 20% off with the code podcast. It's £37. That takes it down to around, I want to say £33.30, if I remember correctly. So go and check that out. It will be linked in the show notes as per usual, or you can just head to my website, which is thedungaroodoula.co.uk slash online course or just click on the online course page and now I will first of all apologize for the lack of intro music on this episode um, and also congratulate myself for remembering the entire intro off the top of my head <laughs> because I'm recording this episode on my phone with no notes or anything because my macbook as I was uploading the podcast for this week decided to die it died a death and I'm very stressed about it but I was like I still want to put out a podcast episode let's try out the new recorder on my phone see how it goes and we'll just do a bit of a chatty episode um about a few different things but the main thing is I've asked about this a few times on sort of Instagram um, on different platforms different chats with people if it's something people would be interested in it interested in me talking more about and the answer is always yes so I thought that I would do it now it's not what this podcast episode was meant to be about this week but as I said I've now lost I think I've lost the recording I don't know if I can get the recording of this week's back I've lost all the notes um and so we'll see see what happens (laughs) with that little situation um but something that I have been planning on talking about a lot and it is something that, you know, I can do as a chatty episode is to do with postpartum mental health um, and my personal journey, because I had quite a, I don't know how to explain it, quite a, a weird postpartum mental health journey. I was someone who, before I had my children, never struggled with my mental health, um, that I was aware of anyway. Like I did, I did have periods in my life where I had like physical mental health issues if that makes sense like I had when I was in stressful situations for example that would manifest physically within my body but I never knew how to um articulate that or I never even realized that that was why those physical symptoms were happening until I learned more about my body and my body's response to stressful situations I hope that makes sense so prior to having children I never as far as I knew um struggled with my mental health at all um when I had my first daughter, 
I struggled with something initially, had a round of CBT. I'll talk more about this in a minute. Um, and then was absolutely fine, went back to like normal, my normal. And then after I had my second daughter, um, had an insane time of it, in all honesty. It was, yeah, pretty mad um, what happened. And to me anyway, I mean, in the grand scheme of things. But um, yeah, to me, what happened was so unexpected. And um, I just thought I would talk about my experience because, I, yeah, as I said, I've spoken about it a few times um, on Instagram. I think I've done and did an Instagram live about it. I've made posts about it and people... Um, always have a lot of questions around it and always ask if I will talk more about what I did um, to get out of like the rut I was in I guess um, because I did a lot of stuff I basically tried everything <laughs> everything that you can think of to help my mental health um, yeah in the sort of couple of years after having my daughter and actually it feels like a really really great time to do this because my daughter is my youngest daughter is almost three now and my postpartum mental health took its like initial dip when she was a couple of months old and that dip lasted for nearly two years um and then this time exactly last year so in February and I know exactly that it was this time a year ago because my partner goes snowboarding this week every single year and this time last year he was away snowboarding and my mental health had felt like it had got a little bit better and then over the winter it got really bad again and then as he was going away in the January something just clicked I don't know what it was something just clicked and it was almost like I just put my foot down and was like no this is not happening anymore I'm gonna be well and I just was. <laughs> and don't worry, that's not the end of the podcast. I'm going <laughs> to tell you all the stuff I did to get to that point, because it obviously isn't that simple. Um, but yeah, this time last year, I was like, enough. I choose not to struggle with this anymore. And for the past year, I haven't. And yeah, please don't tune out now and be like, what a delusional, delusional woman. That's not how it works. I know it's not how it works. I'd put all the work in up to that point and other circumstances and stuff helped. I just for me it was like it marked that turning point of me coming out of it this time a year ago and for the last year things have just progressively got better and better and better and my mental health has been the best it's ever been I want to say 100% the best it's ever been um up until this point and then right now yeah we're in that same week my partner is just about to get back from his snowboarding holiday in a couple of days which I am of course very excited for I cannot wait for him to come home <laughs> it's hard parenting two children without your partner without your best friend um so I'm very excited for him to come home but also I've been reflecting on it a lot because I've been thinking about how yeah prior to this time a year ago things felt bleak things felt so bleak and then just how this past year has been incredible to be on the other side of that and how amazing I feel now and hopefully you know that if you're listening to this and you're currently struggling can offer you a sort of glimmer of hope for the future because I know when you're in it it's bullshit it's horrible it's just it's it's all encompassing it's like just soul crushing um but yeah coming out of that and now a year on I yeah feel the best I've ever felt in my entire life I've never been happier um everything has been working out for me really well and I yeah I just feel great I'm so happy which all yeah it's maybe not what you want to hear if you're struggling someone else banging about how happy they are but 
um yeah I just thought I would mention that because that's why I thought it feels like the right time to talk about it when I've spoken about it in the past as well I mean I've spoken about it when I was still in it I spoke about it when I was still in it and I was like I'm, I'm coming out of it now and this is what I've been doing and this is helping and I wasn't I was still well in it um but now it's like it's been a year it feels like it's done surely it's done <laughs> surely it's in the past surely we're never going we're never going back to those dark places fingers crossed everything crossed toes crossed fingers crossed legs crossed um never never going back to those horrendous horrendous places and you never know um but I do yeah I feel like I'm on the other side now and it feels like a good time to talk about it um so yeah let's let's get into it I'll try and make this cohesive and try to not ramble for three hours <laughs> about it um but yeah as I said when I had my first daughter Izzy so she's five and a half when she was born I became a single mum pretty pretty soon after she was born I chose to leave her dad um move away and just set up life as me and her and I do at all think that that was why my mental health was bad um because that was 100% the right decision for me and it felt really good I think it was just a combination of postpartum hormones being a bit overwhelmed being a young mum all of that sort of stuff um took my body my mind by surprise and my mental health I well I developed health anxiety so if you don't know what health anxiety is it's like regular anxiety but focused on your health so basically you like um everything's a catastrophe in regards to your health so you know you feel like I don't know a tiny pain in your chest and you're convinced you're having a heart attack or there's like an ache in your leg and your brain's telling you you've got a blood clot and you're about to die and I know this sounds really dramatic it is dramatic like imagine being the one whose brain is telling you that it's so dramatic it's horrible or health anxiety I would not wish it on my worst enemy not that I have a worst enemy I wouldn't wish it on anybody it is insane and it's like you can rationalize with yourself and you can step outside of it and go this is fucking stupid but it doesn't stop you worrying about it like that's how anxiety works isn't it even when you can step outside of it and tell yourself oh my god you're being so stupid you clearly don't have a blood clot it doesn't matter when your brain's already working at 300 miles per hour telling you that you know you've got this rare disease or you've got cancer or you've got a brain tumor or whatever it is because your brain just hyper fixates on looking for something to be wrong with you at all times um so I developed health anxiety spotted it was like whoa this is weird what is this googled it to see if it was a thing or if I'd just gone mad realized it was a thing um went to my GP explained what was happening and because I had a baby under one so if you didn't know this if you've got a baby under one in the UK anyway um you get fast tracked for mental health help which is great um but also, I mean, quite shocking that that needs to even happen because the mental health support in our country is so poor and incredibly poor that if you were to, you know, go on the waiting list, you could be waiting like six, 12, 18, maybe even more months to be getting that mental health support. Um, but because I, you have, if you have a baby under one or you're pregnant, you get fast tracked for that support. So they put me in for CBT. I think it was legitimately the week later. I started CBT. I was down for a course for 12 weeks. I went in person to meet this wonderful, wonderful woman who I can still like, I remember 
I won't say her name, but I remember like her name, what she looked like, everything about her because she was so kind and caring and wonderful. And we did eight weeks of CBT. And on the eighth week, uh, I felt back to normal. It was like, it was crazy because at the beginning, I felt like I'm never going to get through this. Like it's all encompassing. I'm never going to be able to stop worrying about my health. Um, But after eight weeks, I felt like great. I felt absolutely fine. Um, I will say that I do, looking back on it, realise that I wasn't 100, 100%. I felt like I was 100% at the time, but actually I did end up becoming a little bit of a worrier after that point. I think before I'd had health anxiety, and like I said, never had, never even had normal anxiety or anything, I did become a bit of a worrier. I wouldn't say that I was at like anxiety levels of it, but it definitely made me notice things more. But also I feel like that's part of becoming a mum as well. I do feel like that's probably just you become a mum and you do start being a bit of a worrier because you've got another human (laughs) to keep alive and to look after so I do think that maybe that was just part of becoming a mum may not have been related um but yeah by the eight weeks I was fine I still had three four more weeks left to go and she was like do you still want to keep coming and I was like I will do just I don't want to jinx it drop out too early I went for the next two weeks and by the 10th week we were both just like do you know what? I, yeah, I'm fine. I don't really feel like I need this. I stopped at 10 weeks, didn't even finish the whole 12 weeks, carried on with my life, met Benj, my current partner, um, got into a, yeah, an amazing relationship, um, moved in together, had this amazing life, went into lockdown, which I know was horrible for everybody, but like we just tried to make the most of it and enjoy spending the time together and stuff like that. And then got pregnant with Juniper, my second baby, in... 2000 and end of 2020 um and she was born in 2021 beginning of 2021 and again like and then I had this amazing birth like I've recorded my birth story on here before recorded uh recorded my birth sorry had a home birth um it was amazing I felt like on an absolute high and I was so sure that that was going to have protected me (laughs) from my mental health suffering because I was in such a good place I was so happy and I just kept thinking like well pregnancy was quite stressful last time I had like going out with like a terrible person knowing that that relationship was going to have to come to an end knowing I was going to become a single mom like that probably contributed um that's not going to happen this time like I've had I'm in an amazing place I'm so happy I had this amazing birth felt really well like was just yeah loving it and thought well I didn't give it a thought I was just like it's not gonna happen and then a couple of months in I was quite burnt out because having two children is very different to having one child I really loathe it when people say um and I well I don't I don't love it that's not the right word because it's not I know it comes from a good place but when people say to you like oh having two kids is easy because you've already done it before so you know what you're in for because that's so unrealistic when you actually think about it and I fell for this I totally fell for this I was like I've had a baby before I was a single mom like it's gonna be fine it's gonna be easy um not thinking about the fact that when you only have one baby and this is not to say having one baby is easy because it's not but having you have one baby you only have to worry about them and you and new babies tend to just like sleep a lot and they feed a lot and so you can live really quite slowly and really chilled out we would just you know wake up in the morning feed back to sleep sometimes stay in bed until like 11 
until like oh, until midday and then get up and have some food and do some more breastfeeding, do some more napping, maybe go for a little walk. And that was it. That was the day. When you have another baby and you already have a toddler running around and my toddler like was pretty wild, like in a good way. I love that about her. Love that for her. But she's pretty wild. She was nearly three when Juno was born. Um, you, you can't do that. You can't stay in bed until 11. You can't laze around all day because your toddler wakes up at half five in the morning and demands cereal and snacks and toast and CBBs and you to do a jigsaw with them and to do arts and crafts and to go to the park and asking for stuff basically non-stop. And she just dropped her nap as well. So she didn't have a nap. So it was like all everything going you have to do everything for your toddler from yeah half five in the morning until half seven at night whilst also trying to you know look after a baby that you've been feeding all night so I wasn't getting any sleep Juniper was a really bad sleeper from the minute she was born um so I was getting no sleep then getting up from that no sleep (laughs) um and doing that and not having that rest and that was the biggest adjustment for me and I'm gonna do a podcast episode soon on preparing for your second child because I think there's a lot to learn from my experience because I really went into it blind and I hope I'm not scaring anybody because there's so much stuff that you can do to make it easier I just wasn't prepared for it because I just listened to all those people who went oh it's easy you already know what you're doing and I was like well yeah but no (laughs) basically um so yeah, so I think that was hard. I was very sleep deprived. I was very tired. We'd just come out of all the lockdowns. So the final lockdown had finished. Ben went back to work um, and we lived in Leeds and we had no family around. And, you know, as I think, I don't actually know if I've mentioned this on the podcast yet. We've just moved back to Hesel, which is in East Yorkshire. Um, I'm from Hull, obviously with this accent. All my family are here. We just moved back and it's just the best thing ever I feel like I'm I have like a really deep exhale every single day because we finally have family around to spend time with and to get that community support from and to feel really held by and for our children to enjoy being around and you know and also just to have a bit of a break sometimes I don't think that's a bad thing to admit like we've been able to a couple of times go for a meal or a couple of nights they've gone to like my mum's for tea and we can sit and talk to each other as adults without any responsibilities um but we didn't have that in Leeds is the point a little bit of a tangent there um and we didn't have that for yeah the first almost three years I mean we've only just moved back so I was very tired I had no childcare. none of my friends had children so I mean still <laughs> still basically there we have some hermed friends obviously they have children um I didn't have that when they were younger all of our friends none of them have children um, we were the only ones so we just we didn't have that support we didn't have anyone that could come round and look after them for us or help me out or occupy Izzy while I fed or hold Juno while I played a game with Izzy or anything like that it was just me basically all day and I was also on maternity leave obviously and I'd started doing my doula business and my hypnobirthing business and I really wanted to push it as much as possible so I could build up enough of a business that I didn't have to go back to work at the end of maternity leave and I could just be self-employed so that's where I went wrong to start with I and I'm not blaming myself or blame my home doesn't sound like I'm blaming anyone for bad postpartum mental health because a lot of the time it's just it's so random but I know for me personally 
like I say, I, prob- I probably would have suffered a little bit anyway because I did the first time, but I pushed myself to the point of exhaustion and burnout and that's when things got really bad. So for those first sort of initial three to four months, I was exhausting myself trying to work. It's so fucking stupid. Do not do not try and work <laughs> in those initial months after having a baby. I wish I could go back and just like sit myself down and shake myself and be like, what are you doing? This can work. But in my head, it couldn't work. I was just some like, I need to get this business off the ground. And I tried to work um, and yeah, raise two children and have no support nearby. And I was just so burnt out and so tired and depleted that we got to that three to four month period, which is where you have like another rapid hormone drop and everything goes a little bit crazy around four months anyway. Like I'd recommend looking this up if you haven't before, look up what happens at four months postpartum because it's something good to be prepared for. Actually, I will link in the show notes some good reading about what happens around four months after four months postpartum. But all that combination just hit me like a truck. And I, like I said, I had been so happy because I was in such a good place and I was so in love with my little family. I had the perfect birth and all of that stuff. That all kind of wore off and the everything hit me at once. And again, like started with the health anxiety, again, spotted it straight away and was like, oh, great. This fucking back is the last thing I need. Um, and it just rippled. It just rippled. It was that, but so much worse. I felt like I couldn't breathe all the time. I felt like my chest was constantly tight. I couldn't take a deep breath. The physical symptoms were insane. I couldn't, I just, I just couldn't function. Um, I, yeah, had postnatal depletion, clearly. Um, and just, I can't even begin to describe all of the physical symptoms that I had. Some days were worse than others. Some days were more physical symptoms. Some days were less. I would have, um, I would have rapid heartbeat all the time. Um, I like my heart would like skip beats. My arms and my legs would just ache to the point where I felt like I couldn't pick up my children. Felt like I couldn't walk. I would get dizzy all of the time. I would constantly have to sit down or lay down. Um, I would feel on the verge of a panic attack all the time. And all of these things just kept growing and getting worse. And I went to the doctors about it and they were doing blood tests and they were doing ECGs. I had a chest x-ray because the ECGs picked up that, yeah, my heart was pretty mental. It was doing weird stuff. Um, So I had all of this stuff going on, but the bloods were coming back normal. They were saying, you know, do do you feel like your mental health's bad? And I was like, yes, please, someone help me. Um, and they were like, uh, because of COVID, we're still not doing anything face to face, but you can have phone CBT if you want. And I was like, well, I've had CBT before. Let's try it again. So that was like my first part of call. So I had CBT over the phone. But even that, like, it was stressful in itself because they were like, we've got an appointment on Monday at 12 o'clock. And I was like, right, you're giving me an appointment at 12 o'clock when I'm going to be trying to feed my children. So when we eat at 12 o'clock, it's 12 till 1. But fair enough, you know, I'll do it. Because they said, you can either do that or you can wait like three months. And I was like, no, I need this now. So I had it. And then it was on the phone. And I was, yeah, trying to feed my children. Like, Benji was at work. No one could come around to look after them. So I was trying to have this therapy. But I couldn't concentrate on this therapy because I was like either breastfeeding Juniper or like giving Izzy some lunch or trying to stop like change a dirty nappy or 
like they both constantly needed me. I couldn't concentrate on the CBT, but I did my best. And if you've ever had CBT, it's it's great. I really do recommend it. Um, you like challenge your thoughts and behaviors. So you have to really put in the work and do it in between the sessions. So you have a session and then you do this. It's kind of like homework, I guess. Um, and then you go back to it the week after. So I was trying to do it, finding it difficult. And this was going on for months. Um, in that time, I became panicked about everything, basically everything. Um, and one of the main things that I was panicked about was eating. I just couldn't eat. Like I felt like it, I, I, I still can't describe this. My sister asked me about it recently because I became so thin because I couldn't eat. Um, and I'd put on a bit of weight during COVID, during lockdowns, because I wasn't doing as much. And then I obviously put on pregnancy weight. Um, so by the end of my pregnancy, um, and I'd had Juniper, I think I was maybe like three stone heavier than I was at the beginning of lockdown. So that was like my lockdown and my pregnancy weight, about three stone. And I lost that in like a couple of months of this illness taking over, completely lost all my baby weight. And everyone was like, ah, you look amazing. What are you doing? And I was like, um, it's the stress <laughs> it's the stress of having two children and I'd like joke about it and actually I was like I'm too fucking scared to eat because how do you say that to somebody it's so stupid even when I say it now it doesn't make sense I was scared to eat but I would make food and I physically couldn't I couldn't swallow the food like it just because everything just felt wrong <laughs> I really don't know how to describe it other than that um if it sounds terrifying it was terrifying to live it it was really horrible um, I just felt like I needed to be laid down all the time. I would like go down to eat my tea and I'd be like, I need to go lay down. I'll just take this food up with me. And I'd go upstairs and lay on the bed and feed Juniper and try and get some rest, even though she, like, she never slept. And the food would just sit there going cold and I'd wake up and I'd eat like a cold, like bit of sweet corn or something <laughs> and a cold chip and that'd be my tea. And so I, I lost all this weight and I didn't look well. But people were just focused on the fact that I'd lost the baby weight and were just going, oh, you look amazing. You've never been so thin. And I I, I hadn't. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was it was horrible because people kept commenting on it and I couldn't really tell the truth about it because I didn't know what to say. But equally, it was, yeah, it was really weird, a weird time, a really weird thing to explain. So I finished this CBT a couple of months down the line and we're getting towards Juniper's first birthday by this point. By the time I'd like done all the therapy, nothing was really improving. And she was getting to one and I was thinking, this has got to be it now. So, well, I've skipped a bit there. So after the CBT, that finished when she was maybe about seven months, in between her being sort of seven or eight months, whatever it was, and her coming up to one, I was like, I need to try more stuff. I've got to take this into my own hands now. And I already knew quite a bit about our nervous system response, about um, fight or flight, because that's that's heavily involved in hypnobirthing as well. Um, and I, yeah, mindset work and stuff like that. And I was like, I need to try something else. The doctors actually were saying, you can go on antidepressants, because um, I told them, you know, that things weren't working. I'd been back saying like, look, I've lost all this weight. I can't eat. I need to do something else. And I really didn't want to go on antidepressants. Um, and if you're considering it on going on any sort of meds or you are on them or you've had them before no shame I there is absolutely no shame in it loads of my friends have been antidepressants I know that they're amazing for a lot of people I just also knew they weren't right for me um for a lot of reasons I don't want to go into it too much but also one of the big reasons is because the side effects that they can cause I knew that the fact that one of the worst things for me was health anxiety 
they would have sent me into a spiral taking those knowing that when you first take them they can make you feel worse for a couple of weeks I was like I can't take that risk I can't take that risk of this getting any worse I can't take that risk of me taking them and my body looking out for all of the side effects and stuff like that so that was also played a really big part so they were not an option for me but that's not to say that they wouldn't work for other people and that they do it because they absolutely do like 100% I know that they're life-saving for a lot of people and yeah there's no shame in taking them so I just yeah I wanted to say that now but that's why I never that was the one thing that I didn't try so I was like right I need to do some wellness things um I need to try and eat some food that's good food I need to work on my gut um so I started like eating eating more food that was good for my gut I started drinking kombucha eating more sauerkraut eating more kimchi doing that sort of stuff I really cut out refined sugar because like like I said I was barely eating but if there was like don't know like a bit of chocolate on the side or something I would take like a nibble out of it or I would eat like if I was eating stuff it wasn't always the best stuff I was just eating something that was convenient that I would if I felt good I'd be like right I'm feeling okay for this minute let's go take a bite out of like I just go eat half a sausage roll or something like that (laughs) and I was like no I need to intentionally eat better so I did um and then I was like I need to start taking more time for me and I was I, I was already into wellness stuff I was one of those wanky wellness girls always have been and I well not always have been but always have been for my adult life um so I was already doing the yoga um I was already doing the breathing exercises but I was like I need to be more intentional with this set more time to do it blah 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 so I set myself on this little plan and I yeah started doing all the things so really started trying to improve my gut health um did lots of more yoga more deep breathing um I spent a lot less time on my phone I was taking cold showers and then I started looking into supplements and I started taking CBD oil and ashwagandha tablets and I was already taking magnesium but I upped the strength of the magnesium that I was taking um and I really do think that those things helped um a lot I really credit the supplements and the way that I was eating with helping it did not solve things at all but I think a combination of being very intentional with all of those things really did help regulate my nervous system which helped everything calm down which helped me get through it and move through it and got me out of that panicked state that I was constantly in because yeah as I was saying we were coming up to Juniper being about one now so I spent a good couple of months doing all of this stuff to make me feel better and it helped a bit it kind of it took the edge off but it was still all there. It was deep, deep rooted. And I paid for um, some face-to-face therapy. Well, it was <laughs> because it was, it wasn't even bloody in COVID at this point. Oh, well, I don't know. We, the lines are blurred for me, but we weren't in any lockdowns. Everything had been back open for ages. Like I said, like Juno was coming up to once. It'd been a year since we'd been in lockdown. They still wouldn't offer face-to-face therapy. I had to do it over Zoom, but with it was with a real person. I could see her. Um, And I paid for some therapy and I paid for an official diagnosis of what was wrong with me as part of that. And what I was diagnosed with was postnatal anxiety, postnatal health anxiety, postnatal depression and panic disorder. And I'd never heard of panic disorder. And if you haven't either, you know, you might want to go look it up. But that that's suited how I felt to a T. Panic disorder. I was in a state of pure panic all day so the physical symptoms were that panic fight or flight response that I was constantly in um the not being able to eat because I was panicked about that I was just I was just in a constant state of panic um and having a name for it just really helped um and helped me 
like yeah just see see what I needed to do to work my way through it all the supplements helped it helped being more intentional with my time taking less on I took a break from work around that time as well um because like I said like so she was coming up to one and I was meant to have gone off maternity leave um and I said I wasn't going back off and I hadn't quite built my business up to where it needed to be but I was close-ish I was close enough I was happy um with where I was up to so I didn't go back to work but I also took some time off from working with clients because again like I said I was in burnout for this entire time um but I was yeah I was hurtful that things were better now I had a name for it and now I was doing all of that sort of wellnessy stuff which did help um and again I know that this is not going to land for everybody and people are going to be like you can't just do some yoga and it'll fix your mental health please know that that is not what I'm saying I am saying that these things took the edge off because I intentionally like completely changed my mindset and I was like every day I was like journaling positive affirmations I was listening to guided relaxation tracks every single day as soon as I felt like I was getting stressed I needed to lay down I would go and sit in bed and I would journal and I would just write it out and I'd be like I feel like this is happening but it's not I'm stronger than this I can get through this um if I felt like I couldn't breathe like I said that was very common I would write down I can take big deep breaths I would say out loud I would pace around my bedroom and be like I can take really big deep breaths I am safe I am calm I am in my own home, I am cared for, nothing bad can happen to me. And I know to some people this is going to sound so stupid and like I'm not I'm not saying that this cured it, but I'm just saying in that moment it really helped to get me out of that panicked mindset. Just, yeah, taking big deep breaths, telling myself that everything was going to be okay, reminding myself that I was taken care of um, and things like that really did help. And then, yeah, the the supplements, the CBD oil and the ashwagandha, when I started taking those, that really did, almost instantly I felt like that, it took a little bit, a little bit more off um, as well, those things I really, really recommend, Um, well, it depends on your circumstances, I can't say I really recommend them for any set thing, but they really, in my personal circumstances, they really helped me, Um, so yeah, that was around when she was a year old, and I thought, oh great, I'm coming out of it, She's a year, you know, things that she's sleeping a little bit more, not much more. She was still in bed with me, we're still co-sleeping, still breastfeeding. Um, but things were getting a little bit easier. Izzy was also a little bit older. Um, and yeah, I just, I took a bit of time off work, tried to work on myself, felt like things were okay. Um, and then some, and then, <laughs> yeah. And then um, it kind of just came back, creeped back up slowly felt badly again and developed a type of OCD called pure pure OCD um which again like you can look it up if you don't know what it is but it's where your brain can fix it so OCD doesn't mean like you're just obsessed with cleaning or like how people think it is it that it never manifested in that way for me it was never to do with organizing or cleaning or anything like the stereotypical things you think of it it's when your brain obsesses over a certain thought or a certain compulsion or something and the way that that had manifested for me was with a really irrational fear of having like allergies to stuff which again I know this sounds batshit insane um and it felt it it really felt it at the time but to the point where like I wouldn't eat 
I couldn't, I already had this funny thing with food that I'd developed and then I now couldn't eat anything that had an allergen in it because I was terrified that I was going to have an allergic reaction and die from it. And it's tied into health anxiety as well. I wouldn't use any products on my skin, on my hair, on my body because I was so terrified of having an allergy to them. I wouldn't touch any plants because I was terrified of having an allergy to them. And it was it was just insane. And it just creeped up on me again because I felt like I was getting better. And then this swept over me and hit me. And that coincided with me again, going back into work and really pushing things while I was, yeah, not getting sleep, really tired and stuff like that. Um, but like I said, I'd had this I'd had this therapy and that I'd really helped this talking therapy. I couldn't afford to carry on doing it. Um, but just that initial bit had helped. I had all the CBT tools. I was still using those. Um, I had like, I read some books on CBT. I read some books on mental health. I read a lot of books on mindset, um, on manifesting good health. I did a lot of, a lot of things like that. Like I said, like the affirmations, I was constantly reminding myself that things can get better and yeah, doing the wellness things. And I started going swimming, I started going swimming um, a couple of times a week and I felt like that really helped. absolutely loved it because I took that hour, that hour for me, like a couple of times a week where I, um, yeah, where I was swimming and it just, yeah, I got, I got healthier. I forced myself to eat things, still like couldn't eat anything remotely with an allergen in it for a very long time until quite recently. Um, but yeah, it was, it was this whole, this whole process. And it just, it just gradually over time just lessened. And I think a lot of that came with me giving myself grace at at this point. I just felt like I've got to just lean into this now. I've got to feel these feelings. I've got to ride it out and get through it and things will be okay and things will get easier and I will get support. And then, and then it did just happen. And there's not, some secret magic formula I wish there was but yeah there wasn't like a secret formula there wasn't anything magic that happened it just started to feel easier and it was like that magic formula was for me was yeah giving myself grace reminding myself things would be okay being very intentional with my time with my energy with what I consumed both like in what I'm eating but also what I'm consuming in like the world like I didn't listen to any news I wasn't watching scary tv shows I wasn't doing anything like that I just I just rode it out and I'm sorry if that's not what you wanted to hear if you if you're in it now and you're thinking oh my god just tell me what you did to get to that point I've yeah I did all I did all the things and they did help but just in tiny increments and it all just built up until it just, until it just released. And like I said, it, it got better and it got better and then it felt bad again. And then I felt poorly again. And then I, I got to the point a year ago where it just, it just stopped and it, and I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but it, it kind of did feel like a conscious decision to just step out of it. And please, please note that I'm not saying that that is possible. I'm not saying that you can just say to yourself, I'm not going to suffer from panic disorder anymore. And you stop suffering from panic disorder. That I Yeah, because I, I do, that's not what I'm trying to say. But I'm just saying for me, it got to that point where it lessened enough that I felt like I could just put a stop to it. And I was like, I'm leaving this behind. 
And it did happen almost instantly, like within a few days, I felt, I didn't feel back to my normal self, Jesus Christ, not straight away. But I felt like, yeah, that's in the past now. Let's just move forward. And and I did. And I just continued from this point, this time a year ago, to just move forward. And just everything just started to feel joyful again. It makes me really emotional to think about because I didn't see that joy for so long. Like things were happening to me that felt that I knew were good, but I didn't feel any joy in them. It was just so overshadowed by the... um by how hard it was it was so hard um it was completely overshadowed by how how fixated my mind was on looking for the the problem with my health or looking for the panic or looking for the thing that was going to go wrong um I couldn't like I couldn't go on long car journeys I had to you know open the windows I felt like there was no air in the car like I was it was horrendous all the time from morning till night it was horrible and then until it just it just felt like it wasn't and it just got better and then now yeah and now, now I'm like I can't believe that was my life I can't believe I lived through it um because it was it was just so all-encompassing and now it's like I don't I can't even imagine that being my life because my life's so good um it's yeah it's really 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 strange to think about um and yeah, that's that's my journey through, I guess, my journey through postpartum mental health. And I know it's a funny thing to share because it's so personal and it it might not have any relevance to you and your situation. It might do. There's not really any lessons to learn from it. You know, I'm, I wish I could say to you, this is what I did. You do it too, you'll feel better. I wish I could say, you know, this is how long it's going to last. You will get through it. I don't, I just, but I, I don't have the answers. I don't know. And just sharing this so that if you're also feeling like a bit, what the fuck is going on right now? It's not just you. It, it's just something that sometimes happens. Um, and it's bullshit, but it's not going to be like that forever. I know it's a really cheesy thing to say, but it's not going to be like that forever. You will come out the other side. And now... I, I know, again, this is like a bit of a batshit thing to say. I'm glad I went through it. I'm not glad that it made me, it robbed me of so much. It, it I feel like, especially the first year of Juniper's life, it robbed me of, I don't remember it because I was in fight off flight for the entire year. I genuinely don't remember hardly anything from her first year of life. I don't remember any of her milestones. I don't remember like when she first crawled or talked or walked I don't remember I get in a first tooth I don't remember anything my first like vivid memory apart from for those first couple of weeks is her first birthday party because everything up until that point was so marred by how bad it felt and it that's all I can remember from that time which is fucking horrible um but other than that like in terms of I don't I don't I'm not glad that I went through what it robbed me of. I really wish I could get that time back. I wish, I, yeah, like I said, I wish I could go back and shake myself and be like, don't burn yourself out. And it, I mean, it might have still happened anyway, but I do feel like that was the first place I went wrong. I burnt myself out and it went from there. Um, but what 
what it showed me when I came out of the other side of it was how like it, it did change me as a person it really changed like I said I was one of those like wellness people anyway but not to the extent where I am now like very holistic about things I wasn't as much as I am now I think it taught me a lot about health it taught me a lot about wellness it taught me about self-regulation about our nervous system about the impacts on stress on our body it taught me a lot I also taught me to appreciate what I've got it showed me a greater love for my children and for my partner who supported me through everything he was there every step of the way didn't understand what I was going through a lot of the time but always there for me always is um so it it taught me a lot it gave me a new perspective on health and life and wellness and I'm glad that I went for it for that because beforehand it, yeah, it just, it completely changed me as a person. Well, not completely, but it changed me as a person a lot. And it made me a better person, 100%. Um, and so I'm I'm glad in a way that I get to take that from it. And again, like I'm not, that's not going to be everyone's experience. For a lot of people, it's just hell. And it, it was just hell. Jesus Christ, it was just hell. But I do feel like I've come out of it a better person. Now I'm in that part of my life where I can at least reflect on that. Um, but yeah. I've been rambling on for like 45 minutes now and I know that this has probably been a really bleak episode and again it feels like a funny one to share it's very personal there's no great life lessons in it I can't say to you these are the things to look out for and if you have these symptoms go and do x y and z and this is how long it'll last and stuff because it's so personal um it's so personal Um, What I will just say is that if this is something that you have suffered with or you are suffering with and you want to talk to somebody about it, not to get help, just to talk to somebody who understands, um, then, you know, come and talk to me. Come and talk to me um, in my DMs on Instagram. Um, If you listen to Spotify, there's a little bit where you can click what did you think about this episode, like leave your thoughts in that bit. Um, Send me a message on sending an email or something like that um and we can chat about it from someone who was also been through it and yeah again I really hope that this doesn't diminish anyone's experience um whatever journey you've been on through having postpartum hormones and all the rest of it fuck with your head because yeah it's not fun and I'm sending you so much love if you've been through it or are going through it Um, because I truly understand what a hellscape it can be. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, sending you love. And sorry if me laughing at points has felt insensitive. That's just how I deal with stuff, to laugh at myself. I'm not laughing at anybody else. I'm purely just laughing at myself. And also it's what happens when you feel nervous and awkward, obviously. You know, it happens to most of us. Um, But mostly it's just me laughing at myself. Um, It's definitely not a reflection on laughing at people who struggle with mental health or anything like that I hope that's come across and yeah I am I will round it off there apologies also if the audio on this is terrible like I said I'm recording it on my phone because my laptop has died a death everyone keep their fingers crossed that that is gonna work I am in my lucky girl era and I'm telling myself I am lucky and everything works out for me and let's you know let's attribute that to my laptop let's hope that everything works out for me and my laptop decides to come back from the dead because I really need it for my work 
Um, oh, and before I go, I want to share some exciting news that has nothing to do with pregnancy and birth. And apologies if you don't care about my life at all. And I've already overshared so much. But last week I got engaged and I'm so excited and happy. And it, this just ties into everything works out for me. Everything is good. Life is great. Some, yeah, exciting life news. We got engaged last week. So again, email me if you've had a wedding that is outdoorsy, a bit nature themed. If you've got any top tips, send me your wedding inspo because I would love to know. It's my current, my current excitement levels. Um, engaged, thinking about the year ahead, moving into February, nearly spring. Yeah, life's good now, but it was fucking hard for ages. And if you're in the hard part, it will get better. It will get better, I promise you. Promise, 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 promise. Right, I will stop talking now. I'll get this uploaded. Um, pretty nervous to put this out there. So yeah, share your thoughts with me, um, whatever they are. And I won't do my usual spiel at the end because I can't really remember it. I know I normally say something about power hours, feels kind of inappropriate after talking about this so I won't do that um oh what do I normally say like share and subscribe leave a little review if you don't mind and speak next week when hopefully my laptop's back <laughs> goodbye